What does it mean to connect to your future at Lake Michigan College? They connect you to your future opportunities. They partner with local industries and employers, ensuring their programs align to the needs of the community's workforce. Lake Michigan College can help you get to the future you want. Visit lakemichigancollege.edu. In the WSJM Newsroom, I'm Ken Lundberg. A five-year plan for capital improvements for Benton Harbor's public housing. That's what was presented to the Benton Harbor City Commission last night. The Benton Harbor Housing Commission's Deshauna Robinson presented an overview of priorities through the year 2027, saying the planned improvements include operations and security at Harbor Towers, management at Harbor Towers and the Boss Avenue development, general operations, resident programs, and boiler replacements. City commissioners were most interested in Harbor Towers. Robinson says they have big plans there. Some of the upgrades that we wanted to do for Harbor Towers were replacing of heating boilers, security cameras, the hot water heaters, fire and safety systems, corridor lighting, things of that nature. These are all examples of things that we plan to do over the next five-year term. Mayor Pro Tem Dwayne Seats said he's concerned about a broken elevator at Harbor Towers. He's also asked about security. People were out there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We don't live there. Something has to happen in order for you you guys to change that, that perception of what is happening there. Robinson says the Benton Harbor Housing Commission has been in talks with the Michigan State Housing Development Authority on financing for improvements at Harbor Towers with the goal to get started as soon as possible. She added the commission is seeking to align their plans with the HUD rental assistance demonstration tool, which can get residents better rates. As for whether Harbor Towers residents can be housed elsewhere while renovations are taking place, she said that will depend on an asset analysis and what work is being done. A bridge demolition project is set for this week in Niles. Michigan Department of Transportation spokesperson Nick Sharippa tells us they're tearing down the US-12 bridge over M-51 as part of their ongoing project to update the road. He says the bridge has been deemed unnecessary and too expensive to maintain. We are getting rid of that bridge. So US-12 currently goes over M-51, and we're going to make that an at-grade intersection. So just kind of a normal intersection with a couple of Michigan lefts and some new signals and stuff. Crews will get to work on tearing down the bridge at 7 o'clock Thursday evening, and they'll work at night only through Sunday to complete the project. People, if you want to watch, there's an opportunity. We certainly don't mind having people watch, but our safety is a concern, right? There's a lot of big, heavy machinery moving, a lot of chunks of concrete and steel, and it is something you can come and see. We don't usually set up uh, any kind of spectator area, but if there is a spot on M51, maybe a parking lot or that kind of thing where you can pull off a safe distance away and watch, you're certainly welcome to do so. Sharippa says once the bridge removal is complete, work will continue on the U.S. 12 corridor, to build the new US-12 and M-51 intersection. The overall investment is $27 million. The project also includes repaving and rebuilding one mile of US-12 and 2.7 miles of M-51. Concrete repairs, sidewalk construction, new traffic signals, pavement markings, and new signs. Following the death last week of a Michigan State Police Trooper on the side of I-75 in Saginaw County, drivers are being reminded of one of their duties while behind the wheel. Michigan State Police Lieutenant Duane Robinson out of Pawpaw tells us the state has a move-over law. 
which requires drivers to give space to emergency vehicles on the side of the road. They need to slow down to at least 10 miles below the posted speed limit and then move over at least one lane if there's a lane available. If not, with the already reduced speed, proceed past with extreme caution. Robinson says it's dangerous for a police officer to stand on the side of the highway when vehicles are passing by at 75 miles per hour. The least drivers could do is follow the move-over law. Understand that officers all around the state and nation for that much are putting their lives at risk every day going out, performing their duties. And at least we can do as the more in public is to understand that we need to give them some space to be able to do that. A stretch of I-94 in Van Buren County is named after the Pawpaw Post's trooper Rick Johnson, who was killed in 2000 while on the side of the road during a traffic stop. Robinson says failing to obey the move-over law can result in a $400 ticket. He adds, while it's not the law to move over for every vehicle on the side of the road, it is an appropriate courtesy drivers should give. The Berrien County Road Department has enacted seasonal weight restrictions on county roads. The department's Audrey Boone tells us when ice starts to melt after a cold period, it can put the roads at risk due to all the water moving underground. Right now what we are seeing is there is some frost under the roadway surface that is coming out because we're seeing warmer temperatures. And when that's happening, it does make the roads very vulnerable and and more likely to have damages caused from maybe heavy loads, more so from the commercial side of things as far as commercial vehicles. The Berrien County Road Department implemented the restrictions Monday morning and they will be in place at least through Friday when they will provide another update. Boone says this is just something that has to be done following a snowy and cold period, although last year they didn't have to implement weight restrictions at all. The restrictions only affect the largest and heaviest vehicles on the road, restricting their movement until the roads are at less risk. Coming up this weekend is the St. Joe Ice Fest. St. Joseph Today's Danielle Crevere tells us the event starts Friday night when ice carvers from all over the country get to work on downtown. We kick things off on Friday night with our professional individual competition. So you get to watch professional ice carvers carve one block of ice, and they turn them into magical works of art. And that happens from 5 to 8, and then immediately following that, at 8 p.m., we're going to have our fire and ice tower right here on the corner of State and Pleasant outside the St. Joe Today office. Crevere says Saturday will bring more ice carving and lots of ice-related activities for all. They include an ice throne a frozen fish toss, ice ski ball, and ice bowling. Crevere says the main attraction is the ice sculpting. She notes a couple from last year stick out. Last year we had some angelfish actually right outside the Welcome Center, so that was really cool. And then across the corner from us near like Forte Coffee, Perennial Accents, they had a T-Rex, so that was fun too. All weekend long, visitors can take part in the scavenger hunt. You can pick up a map at the St. Joe Today Welcome Center. Completing the hunt puts participants in the running for a $25 St. Joe Today gift certificate. We have a link to the Ice Fest schedule at our website, wsjm.com. South Haven Area Emergency Services has released its annual report. WSJM's Andrew Green reports. Shays responded to a record number of calls in 2023, according to its annual report. Released this week, the report shows Shays saw the number of calls increase for the 10th consecutive year in 2023. The agency responded to a total of 2,679 calls, 1,951 of which were medical. Fire alarms decreased from 757 to 727 in 2023, while fire losses totaled $1.5 million. That's compared to $846,000 in 2022. The losses by community were $739,000 in Casco Township, $563,000 in South Haven Township, 
273,000 in Geneva Township and just 7,500 in the city of South Haven. Shea's chief, Brandon Hintz, says that last number is especially noteworthy, attributing it to rigorous inspections and community awareness. There were no civilian fire-related deaths in 2023. There were two incidents in which a responder was injured, either at an emergency scene or in another work-related incident. Andrew Green, WSJM News. And also set for this Saturday is the annual Southwest Michigan Polar Plunge to benefit the Special Olympics of Michigan. Berrien County Sheriff Chuck Height will be among those taking the plunge. Along with members of his team, he tells us the event always attracts a great crowd. So it's grown each year. When it moved a couple years ago to Watermark Brewery there in downtown Stevensville, it's gotten bigger and bigger this year, or every year, including this year. So there have been a number of people jumping. The plunging starts at noon on Saturday. Hyde says the Sheriff's Department has taken part in the polar plunge for several years, and the event is part of the law enforcement torch run. You can make a donation in support of your favorite polar plunger online or at the event on Saturday. It will be at Watermark Brewing in Stevensville. Height says the village closes off the street to traffic, so the event can attract a big crowd to support the Special Olympics. On the east side of the state, the city of Detroit is rolling out new technology to curb crime on the roads. A network of cameras along the city's highways includes live feed cameras and license plate readers to identify vehicles that are wanted in connection to a crime. Detroit Deputy Police Chief Franklin Hayes hopes the freeway cams will help prevent future tragedies like the death of two-year-old Winter Cole Smith last year. Last summer, an incident that stemmed in East Lansing certainly rocked our community was that of Winter Cole Smith, the baby that was abducted and later found on our east side. Again, tragically, life was taken from her. 81 miles is what I looked at. The location from where she was abducted to where the car was ultimately found, they drove across the state. And while we certainly didn't know which way he was traveling, had we had this technology, we believe we could have saved that baby's life. The $30 million project is paid for thanks to a state grant, not city taxpayer dollars. Hayes hopes to have the cams up and running by 2026. A new report from Grand Valley State University is taking a look at the economic impact of Frederick Meyer Gardens and Sculpture Park in Grand Rapids. The report found the park contributes $138 million to the local economy and supports more than 1,100 jobs. President Charles Berg says they have rebounded nicely since the pandemic. Frankly, these numbers are are yelling and screaming that, you know, people are hungry for quality experiences, especially when you're combining things that are about family, when you're looking at concert experiences, artistic experiences, or even natural experiences. And that's the unique nature of this institution. Berg says Meyer Gardens attracts more than 750,000 visitors a year, with 62% of them coming from outside the area. In the future, Berg says they hope to bring even more people in from outside West Michigan and even from Chicago and other areas outside the state. Two members of the U.S. Congress are calling for the Biden administration to investigate the Chinese companies involved in Ford's planned battery facility in Marshall, Michigan. Reuters says the leaders of the Committee on China and the Energy and Commerce Committee sent a letter to the White House asking for an investigation and to impose export restrictions on those companies. The letter claims the four Chinese businesses have ties to the Chinese military, Communist Party, North Korean government, and alleged human rights abuses. Ford says it follows all government regulations across their business. 
And finally, some Michiganders have decided not to watch the Super Bowl for understandable reasons this year. But if you do and you place a wager on the outcome, officials have some advice. The Michigan Gaming Control Board urges all fans to bet responsibly and only place wagers through authorized sportsbook operators. Bettors should set a budget and only gamble within financial means. Make sure you understand the rules, the odds, and the types of bets. For a list of reputable sportsbooks, you can head over to the Michigan Gaming Control Board website. In the WSJM Newsroom, I'm Ken Lundberg.